this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh, sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This is our very first episode of our eight-part horror celebration which I, I see a bunch of faces really excited about this too as everybody knows who's listened to any episode this is one of my absolute favorite genres in the world so I am so excited to get this started and we're going to start off with just talking about why we love horror so I have a great panel with me and someone on who hasn't been on a long time so I'm excited to have her back but before we get into everybody introducing themselves um, just a quick housekeeping note as always, we are now taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Just follow the link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click listener support and join there. And as I said, I was going to have an announcement about how the percentage of what we receive from that and from the one ad we have right now. The other two ads about voting are all charity ads, so we don't receive any money for those. Um, but the one other ad we have, um, anything we receive from that, and at least 50% of what we receive from listener support as well, will be going to various Black Lives Matter organizations from now until the foreseeable future. The way I am envisioning it right now, and I'll let you know if it changes, is the first of every month. I'll just take whatever we have, and I'll go on Facebook Live um, or even just post receipts, and it'll be one charity a month is how I'm kind of envisioning it until we get to getting more numbers and more donations and more um, support and stuff. So I just want to keep everybody apprised of that because I don't think we should stop on October 1st of giving donations. So yeah, because this is a lifelong battle, especially right now. So, okay. So now I'm going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing that they are excited about in pop culture right now. I'm going to start with Rebecca, who has not been on since I think it was our Office, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place episodes. Yes, yeah, so That's not since correct. April. <laughs> yes, since not since April. So thank you for having me back, Erin. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, for those who haven't met me yet, I'm Rebecca Jacobson, and my current uh, favorite thing that I have in pop culture right now, especially since we're talking about horror, I just watched last year's Ghost Stories with Martin Freeman that is currently available on Hulu and absolutely loved it. So if you are looking for a good, scary movie this Halloween, especially one that's a little bit cerebral, I highly recommend it. Awesome. I have not watched that one, so I'm writing it down. I, I, have, I don't even think I've heard of it. That's so weird that I haven't heard of it. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely check that one out. Awesome. Thanks. And Sasha? Yep. You guys are going to hear a bunch of me lately, so apologies. <laughs> um, I did, and there's the cat. <laughs> I uh, 
Sorry, I'm going to hold on to her collar real quick. I recently binged um, Ratchet on Netflix. So it's all like the origin of Nurse Ratchet. And uh, it was really, really good and really well done. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. So that's my current uh, pop culture. Yeah, I'm currently binging it right now. And I know that's it got horrible reviews and a lot of people think it's awful. And I understand. I mean, it's Ryan Murphy and Ryan Murphy is very Ryan Murphy and very over the top. And he has been since Nip Tuck. Uh, and we are going to be celebrating Ryan Murphy for a month-long celebration of his stuff um, next year. So we'll talk about the good and the bad. But I'm enjoying it. I can totally understand why people don't like it. Um, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is one of my absolute all-time favorite movies. So I was very hesitant about it. But I think Sarah Paulson is doing a great job. And I kind of have separated it from that story because it's really, I mean, it's nowhere, (laughs) it's not in the same vein. But interestingly enough, Michael Douglas is one of the producers on there. And if anybody knows, he was a producer on One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. So I just think that's kind of interesting. But yeah, but I, I enjoy it too. And Susie. Hello, I'm Susie. And well, one thing that I've been really excited about or just that I've been watching of late is the horror movie Sleepaway Camp which is a really fun campy horror movie um I'd say it's like if you're hesitant about uh like slashers or horror movies it's a pretty good uh place to like dip your toes into see some fun like campy stuff (laughs) nudge nudge (laughs) um it is I'm not like advocating piracy, yo ho ho, but tis available on YouTube for free. So just just putting that out there. <laughs> it's that also the one a, that's, sorry. Is ahead, that the right. is is Sleepaway Camp the one that's the sequel to uh, um, Slumber Party Massacre? No. No, because there oh, is okay. a, a different well, one. It's a different, yeah, different. franchise. It's a different franchise. Okay. Yeah, there is actually okay. a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre as well, called okay. Slumber Party Massacre 2. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. And since I can never miss an opportunity to plug Shudder, uh, Sleepaway Camp is also available on Shudder. So, and so is um, Slumber Party Massacre. So, <laughs> you can get all your That's where I watched name. it. Oh. Cool. See, I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we are going to be covering slasher flicks next week, so I'm really excited for that one. Um, and this is Aaron, and there's a lot of stuff I'm into, and I could mention some stuff that kind of goes with horror, but I decided for this one I'll mention a comedy. I have started binging Married with Children again. I watched it when it was originally on. Um, and Ira Madison, who I've mentioned before on here, who hosts Keep It, he had uh, the night of the Emmys tweeted out something saying, what about that other white excellence show, Married with Children? <laughs> Where can I watch that? Um, and I went, you know what? I should check it out again. And I have been watching it. <laughs> I swear I watch at least two hours a day of Married with Children. Um, and I know it's so politically incorrect. It could never be on today. But I think it's a very smart and intelligent show, actually. And I think it's really calling out a lot of stuff um, that needs to be called out. Um, But yeah, I I just think it's fun. I think the acting in it is so great. Just everybody was so great in that show, including the dog. So 
<laughs> so that's what I'm into. Very not horror at all, but uh, but I'll probably have a horror recommendation in our next episode. Okay, so let's get into why we love horror. And I know this first question can be hard to remember for some people. I mean, I'm pretty sure the one that I have is the first one, but I might be wrong. So just your best guess, your best memory of what was the first horror or horror-related film that you saw, Rebecca? Okay, I had to think about this one because... I remember seeing things like Ghostbusters when I was little. That will give you an indication of my age. Uh, and my mom really loved the classic uh, classic movies. We rented a lot of classic movies with my mom. So I we saw the original Frankenstein, the original Bela Lugosi, Dracula. But the one that really sticks out in my mind as a real hooking point for me for horror I remember this distinctly because it was Friday the 13th, October 13th. (laughs) I was in middle school. And because it was a Friday, October 13th, my siblings and I begged our mom, like, let us rent a scary movie tonight. No, we want to see something really scary. And she was like, "Ah, I don't know. And she was like, here, why don't we watch one of the old monster movies? No, those aren't scary. We want to see a real scary movie. So my mom thought of the scariest movie she could think of that was not going to be gory and that would still be like rated pg at least for kids oh not for kids but at least rated pg and my mom rented the movie wait until dark are you guys familiar Mm -hmm. with that movie yes yes Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) scared the bejesus (laughs) out of us and i mean this was the first movie that i can remember seeing and thinking i can't go to sleep tonight and sitting there, like, with my sisters, like, clutching the blankets, going, oh, God, is Audrey Hepburn going to die? <laughs> and at the same time, like, my mom was like, oh, God, what have I done? I've traumatized our children. <laughs> this was too much. And kind of going to bed that night and going, that was so scary. That was so scary. But I'm okay. <laughs> I kind of want to see if that'll happen again if I watch another movie like that. <laughs> so that's that was the start of my my journey. And I rewatched it years later, actually for a film studies class in college, mm-hmm. and it still absolutely holds up. So I highly recommend going back and revisiting that one if you haven't seen it for a few years. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm. And Sasha? All right, so um, if anybody does the math on this, I'm going to be real mad. My, I'm just going to throw out there, first of all, my mother claims that she went and saw The Exorcist while she was pregnant with me, which really would explain a lot. Like, <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Um, so I'm going to count that as my first horror movie. I didn't really watch it, but, you know, I was there for it. Um As I've said before, I started out as a big reader, not so much movies. So I just want to plug that, um, and again, if you do the math, I'm not going to be happy with you. When I was uh, 12, I read The Shining. It's the first book I remember reading cover to cover. And I read it all through the night because I got so scared that I couldn't go to sleep. Kind of like, you know, Rebecca, it's like you get so terrified that you're like, nope, 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 not going to, nope, 
I'm good. Um, so I read The Shining, and right around that time, the first movie that I can remember watching that I think might have been my first horror, and this is going to be real campy and cheesy, uh, is The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had to have been, like, right around 12 when that, because it's the same time I read The Shining. It's about the year that The Lost Boys came out. So I think that may have been, like, without parents, you know, because, like, Universal Monsters and that kind of stuff, I'm sure, was there. But I think it was The Lost Boys was my first horror movie. But I'm sticking with The Exorcist. I think you should. And that's that's awesome about the Lost Boys. I had the poster for the Lost Boys. I was I was yep. a little bit younger than that. I won't, I, I don't remember what the age what age I was when it came out, but I had the poster like above my bed. <laughs> I I love and we'll talk definitely we'll talk a lot more about that in our vampire episode. But okay. yeah, I I love that movie. That movie is so good. And then The Exorcist, my mom will not watch horror movies. She hates them. She doesn't understand why I watch them. Um, and But she went to go see The Exorcist with her friend. And they were clutching on to the seats. She said it was the most miserable experience of my life was watching that movie. Of all the horror movies for her to see, like, I can never watch that movie again. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. I can't watch clips. Nothing. So Mm -hmm. I just think of all the horror movies for her to watch. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to, like, ruin horror forever, that's a good one to go out on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And, And Susie? Uh, so, so also like Sasha, I grew up just like reading like scary books, um, or like horror-esque books, especially stuff like, uh, Goosebumps and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and which made a leap to Stephen King at a very young age. Um, I don't know why I was left unsupervised with those books, (laughs) but it it helped foster, um, help nurture love for the for the scary and the macabre, but um, the first horror movie I ever watched that I can remember is uh, Poltergeist. And I remember that movie not scaring me at all. It was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, she fell into a pool with all these dead bodies. Oh no. But okay. It's a thing that happens, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> but the first horror movie that scared the dickens out of me and after re-watching it I have yet to understand why is Seed of Chucky just like okay because of this movie I could not sleep with my feet hanging off of the bed so I like uh, I would go to sleep and like I would make sure like my feet were like tucked in under the covers and any like like little bit of air I'd be like because in my mind, I could just hear the the little footsteps of Chucky, and it just—it was not not happy moments. But then I rewatched it um, when I was older, and I was like, "Why? Why was I scared of this? Why did this terrify me as a child? It's silly." But just like oft, sometimes on cold, dreary nights, I swear to God, I can hear the. I'm just like, nope. And then just that instinctual response to like, no! Get under the covers! No! Run for safety! 
That is so hilarious. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you watch, um, how about the first Child's Play? Did that scare you at all? Did you watch that one? No. Okay. So the, <laughs> the story here is um, my great aunt would have these like family get togethers. And so one time all his kids were like in the, uh, like the family room and we were all like, we want to watch a scary movie. Let's watch a movie. And we just kept bugging the adults to let us watch a movie. And they gave us like two options. It was Seed of Chucky and something else. And they were like, oh, we want to put this one on because it's the non-scary option. And we don't want you kids to be scared. <laughs> okay. So we're, and we were like, no, no, we can handle it. Put on Seed of Chucky. Put on Seed of Chucky. So all of us ganged up on the adults. And since these are Hispanic parents, they were like, oh, you're going to get it. And they were like, okay, you can watch it, but I don't want you crying about it later. <laughs> so they put it on. All those kids were were like terrified after the movie was done. And they were like, so how do you, how do you like it? Like hoping we'd like confess and be like, oh, it was terrible. And all of us were just like ashen and just like, it's okay. We want to go play outside now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess later, like in our own homes, you'll be like, oh my God, that was terrifying. <laughs> like it hit us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But that's I never funny. saw like the original one. You should see the original. Until, you should. Well, I, like I have seen it like now oh, later. Okay. But at the time, I only ever thought that Seed of Chucky was like the only one. So I was like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm in the minority here. I actually liked the recent remake that com- came out. I thought it was really clever and um, kind of inter- and really entertaining. And I know most people absolutely hated it, but I, I liked it. But that's that's a good one. And speaking of Poltergeist, that's the first horror movie I remember seeing. And I was really young, and our babysitter showed it to us. And our babysitter also ended up showing The Shining to us when we were really young. And I never realized it was The Shining until I watched The Shining later. And I went, that's why I remember a scene with blood dripping down an elevator. I had no clue. And I I mean, I think that's horrible that they showed kids The Shining. But Poltergeist terrified me. Um, It was the first thing that made me afraid of clowns. Um, The whole scene when he looks at his face in the mirror and he rips his face off. Oh, still haunted me. And still, I I watched it the other day, um, or not the other day, but a few weeks ago. And to me, it's still scary. And that scene is still scary. And the clown scene is still terrifying in the pool scene, especially when you realize those were real um, skeletons. Those were real in there. Um, And, you know, it. And I know that a lot of people talk about how um, Steven Spielberg had a lot of influence over that, over Tobe Hooper, and how it might have been even more intense if Stephen King wasn't as involved. But I think if you see that movie as a child, I think it scares you more than if you see it as an adult for the first time. Because I've known so many people that watch it when they're older, and they're like, this is not scary. I'm like, it was terrifying. (laughs) And so it still scares me because it scared me then. And I, I must have been about like seven six or seven something like that really young to watch that but yeah yeah that was the first one and 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 I was I was hooked so so speaking of hooked I want to get into I think there are different reasons that we are attracted to horror as people Um, we'll get into a little bit more about women in horror a little bit later Um, but I just want to know what attracts you to horror films and why do you keep wanting to watch them or even horror television series, but mainly film, um, Rebecca. 
I actually thought about this one uh, when you sent uh, when when you sent out our, our outline for this episode, and I've tried to explain to other people before why they should watch horror because I have a couple of friends that during the pandemic we've regularly gotten together on weekends via uh, Google Hangouts, and we pick a movie amongst the four of us to watch together. And we've had quite a variety of things that we've picked, but the couple people in the group who I won't name absolutely refuse to have anything remotely horror. Nothing scary at all. Can't handle it, won't watch it, immediately off the table. And it always makes me sad because I love this genre so much. And I was like, why is this so hard to explain to people why I love this genre? Why do I like being scared? Because that's what they always come back with. It's like, what? that's scary. Why would you watch that? That's bloody. That's disgusting. And I think for me, what's drawn me to it, much like Susie, I also started with reading scary stories in the dark and goosebumps in part because they were forbidden. Like they were banned at our school. So Ooh, what is this thing that I'm not allowed to have? <laughs> but I think as somebody who has... You uh, rebel, you. Of, I know. Reading the banned books with the scary illustrations. <laughs> they were forbidden <laughs> Catholic school. <clears throat> Just a funny aside. I had yeah. like a thriving business as a child blending out like the banned scary books at my school. <laughs> that is awesome. Of course you did. So I'd be like, okay, what book you want? Goosebumps number one, two, three. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Just like so awesome. I would and look for you as a kid, because I would have been like, My library doesn't have this Goosebumps book. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I tried to explain like why why do you like this feeling of sitting there and being scared of something? And I realized that for me, I, I personally, I was a very anxious child. I'm still an anxious adult. And I think that it really helps me deal with anxiety. It's a safe way to deal with fear. And it's like, I, I think about going back to seeing wait until dark as a kid and being so terrified and sitting there in the dark, like, oh, my God, this is the most scary thing I've ever seen. And kind of dealing with that fear afterwards and kind of realizing in the next day or two, like, I'm still OK. And so I find myself gravitating towards horror movies, especially a lot this year with everything that's happening around us, because the more anxious I get, this is a way for me to deal with that anxiety it's a safe place to be able to put that fear. And frankly, there's a lot of horror movie monsters that I would much rather deal with than a coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love I I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great, great answer. And yep, I'll I'll agree with a lot of that when I get to my turn here. Um, Sasha. Yeah, I I agree as well. Um I uh, again, let's not do the math, but I'm a little bit older than you, and I didn't grow up with the goosebumps. Like, those weren't the things, so mine were different. Um, but I do think that there's a psychological component of being scared, but being safe. Like, I'm I'm safe in my own bed with my blanket pulled up over my nose, so just my eyes, or watching it, like, through my fingers, you know, and um, 
there's safety there. It's the same reason that we go to haunted houses. Like, you want to be scared, but know that you're not actually in imminent physical danger. And it's, I don't know, like, you get the adrenaline and the endorphins, and it does help with the anxiety, because it's like, oh, well, you know. In horror movies, depending on the flavor of horror, you know the bad guy's going to get it in the end. And you know that there's going to be a resolution. Unless you're watching, like, Asian horror where it's all bad and everybody's going to die, right? It It's just the genre. So you know that it's safe and that the bad guy ultimately gets it, which is kind of what we want. And I agree with you, Rebecca, like, during these, the, the now times, you know, it's nice to have that safety net and an outlet for all of the emotions that you can't process right now. It gives you that outlet. And even back then, it gave an outlet for emotions that were too big or didn't have names yet. Especially, sorry, especially as a kid, like, I feel like we weren't allowed, and not necessarily not allowed, but the idea whenever you came to a parent saying, I'm worried about this, I'm scared, whether that was your first day of school or you had a big test coming up or what if your crush turned you down for the dance, all of those emotions are so big and it's scary and anxiety producing. And the response from adults is always just calm down, just calm mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. And yep. like, I feel like horror movies, let me be scared. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> let me feel can't. my feelings. You just can't calm down when you're being chased by a homicidal maniac with a chainsaw. There's no, <laughs> okay, just go to your room. No, no, no. Psycho with a chainsaw, which is, by the way, the worst noise, I think, yes. ever. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I know, like, Susie did that little chatter noise for Chucky's shoes. The chattering, like, when it's teeth chattering is a little much, but a chainsaw, hands down. <sighs> Well, there's something more comforting, I think, in a horror movie where, like, yeah, the dude with the chainsaw is clearly the big problem here. Whereas in your real life, it's like, and let's think about how we've got to go get groceries, but we're going to wear our masks, but be careful not to touch anything because we might get sick. Or even if we don't get sick, we're going to get our grandma sick and then everybody's going to die. And I'm going to be responsible for the next big outbreak in Westminster, Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I really wish on this on podcast, Erin, you could do screen caps of people's faces because Rebecca's like panic face. That summed it up. Yeah. So I think it is, it's that emotional release in a safe manner is what it comes down to. At least for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's And Susie. So I do agree with what um, Rebecca and Sasha have said that it it is comforting to have like that moment of escapism where what you're experiencing, what you're seeing um, has nothing has like, it's, it's, you're just like in that moment and you're not worrying about like, Oh, I have to worry about like, like this and that. And when you're a kid, I think it's really good to, um, when you're a kid, it's also really good because you're in this like small world and, and it's, you have other things to be scared of as a child and as an adult. So when you're in these like worlds, it's not as scary. Well, at least I don't think it is because it's, it is like escaping like the worries that you have for the time being and immersing yourself in a different reality where 
in most cases, you know that things are going to turn out fine for for whoever is like the protagonist in the film. And um, I also like to look um, at horror movies from like a technical standpoint. So I really enjoy looking at all like the the special effects, be they practical or computer generated. Because it's also really cool to see like all the all the stuff that they do and like how they created this effect and how they use like unconventional materials to do this. And like for example, in the sleepaway camp, um, one and little spoiler, one of the murders, some they they do some kind of like um, like some welts and stuff. But what they use for some of the welts are raspberries. <laughs> And when you see that, you can't unsee it anymore. And in a way, it helps like alleviate the the scariness of like certain moments when you know like the the technical prowess or something that went behind it. So it also helps, I think, like lessen the scares. And I know some people like to look at horror for like the adrenaline rush it can give them. Um, not for me. I'm cool with that. I don't need any more adrenaline when I get on the reg. But uh, I can like understand why some people like turn to it and go like, "Oh my god, this this is why I'm going to uh, to go to like uh, haunted houses. I'm gonna get that rush of adrenaline, be good, be like, oh, yeah, I'm pumped, like, oh, ah! let's go run a marathon, let's do this, you know, um, stuff like that." And also, I feel like for the most part, everyone who's worked in horror or everyone who kind of likes horror is like always really genuinely like wonderful and nice and I think it's because we regularly consume all this like horror content and I feel like in a way we become more empathetic as people if that makes any sense I love that I absolutely love that I know my mom is going to avoid listening to this but because she doesn't understand why I like horror I really just want to at least play her that clip because I love that because I think that's that's true. Yeah, I love that, Susie. Thank you for saying that because I'm get if she won't listen to it, I'm gonna at least play that clip or tell her about that because that's 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 wonderful. Yeah. I I agree so much with what everybody has said so far. Um, you know, it's horror, you know, and they've they've done studies about that, how it is, it it releases endorphins, how it helps people get through it. And especially with women, and we'll get into that a little bit later, that, you know, there have been studies, I was trying to find the exact study, so I probably won't get the quote exactly right, but that it does release those, it helps us feel better. And I know a lot of people don't understand that. How can it make you feel better to get terrified? Well, there's this release afterwards, because you're seeing this horror film, you're seeing this scary thing, and then it's over. You know, it's not gonna. It's not. It's not gonna happen to you. There's this release of like watching something horrific, and then being able to laugh. I, I always laugh after I get scared. I let out a laugh because it's like this release of like, oh, oh, that scared me. Oh, haha. Fu-. It's funny because nothing really bad is gonna happen. And I know for me personally, I've dealt with a lot of mental health issues my whole entire life. Um, I've mentioned before on here that I've been suicidal off and on my whole entire life. I have severe anxiety. Um, I have I have bipolar too. So um, and bipolar level two. I don't mean bipolar two. <laughs> and also because um, there are two different uh, levels of bipolar. 
And I think that's the first time I've said that on here, but I will be upfront with that because I think it's important to be upfront about that um, if you're comfortable with it. But I will say having all those mental health issues, you would think this would be the worst thing to watch. Like my mom always says, how can you watch this stuff when you have that stuff in your life? But this is a way to safely deal with that. Just like when I'm depressed, I sometimes like to listen to really depressing music because somehow that gets me out of it. I can't explain fully why with the music, but I know with horror films, it's this release of, I can feel all that anxiety by watching this on screen. I can let that anxiety go. I can know at the end of the movie, it'll be okay. With the exception of some other movies that have disturbed me a lot and that I can't watch again. Um, But yeah, it is that release. And, you know, last year I went to a haunted house for the first time. I love horror films. I've been watching them since I'm a kid, since I was a kid, but I was terrified to go to haunted houses because there's something about real life horror that where I'm actually seeing it, where I might actually be physically affected by it that I can't deal with. But I went and it was terrifying. I was scared the whole time. I screamed constantly, but I laughed afterwards. And I had the weirdest experience there where the power went out because a giant pumpkin balloon flew into a power line and exploded. And I was like, this is a sign. This is like from a horror movie where something like this happens and you should leave. (laughs) Um, But we went through and I was with my sister And afterwards, in my mind, I was like, gosh, that adrenaline rush afterwards was so great and made me feel good. And so this year, I'm going back to that same haunted house, masks, doing all the safety stuff. And then I'm going to, there's one that's going to be a drive-in where you just drive in with your car. Um, And so I'm still going to be go back and do it to find that rush again, especially right now. Right now, it's like, right now, to me, horror movies are a comfort. I know you said that too, Rebecca, and I know everyone's kind of mentioned that, that it's a comfort right now. And I know that seems bizarre. Like, why don't you just want to watch comedies? And I watch a lot of comedies too, but there is that release of, you know, I'm so anxious about everything going, everything else going on in the world that it's nice to escape for a minute into somebody else's terror and to see them defeat that terror. I think that's that other part is to see them defeat that terror. And we'll get into a lot of that when we do the final girl trope. But, you know, especially if you see a woman, a strong, powerful woman defeating that horror and then becoming stronger in the end, you know, like Laurie Strode's um, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, all those kind of things. It's, it's, it's empowering And I think that's why I'm drawn to it. That's why we keep going back to it. Um, It's just, and it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Seeing it with an audience, you know, I think there's just something that's a little bit different about that, which sadly you can't really do that right now. But yeah, that's, that's one of the many, many reasons um, I love horror. Erin, can I jump in real quick with a haunted house story? Yeah. So, um, for anybody who listens to this at a later point and knows my daughter, and if she listens to it, sorry, kid. Um, we were on Mackinac Island, and they have a haunted house. I'm using very heavy air quotes around haunted house. It's basically a blackout. You walk in, everything's dark. You hit, you step on a certain point, a light flashes, and they've got like a stuffed Sasquatch. You walk through black, the next room, it's like the vampire sits up out of the coffin all slow, like 
you know, you can practically hear the wheels turning with the and it sits up, the light flashes. It's that kind of haunted house. So we had done this probably four years ago, maybe five years ago. The first time we took the kids up to Mackinac Island in Michigan. And she grabbed a hold of me and basically pushed herself into me and led the way. And she screamed the entire time. My husband, for anybody who knows him, he's a very large guy. He's six foot one and 300 pounds. He's built like a football player. He doesn't fit through any of those corners. So behind me, I keep hearing, oh, ow, oh, the entire time. She's screaming nonstop. He's oofing and owing behind me. I am crying because I'm laughing so hard. She hit a rumble pad and the whole floor vibrated. And she goes, I think I peed. <laughs> the whole thing. I We get out of this haunted house and I tears are streaming down my face. And there's people out there and they're like, so was it scary or was it funny? I couldn't even answer them. This past summer... We went back up there, and she hasn't done it since. She's like, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I was like, okay. She's like, I want to see if it's still scary. He, My husband opted out because he was like, I'm not slamming into corners and walls again. It's not going to happen. So she, again, grabbed my arm, dragged me through it. I had to push my hand into her back because she was trying to smother me. And I'm laughing, crying the entire time. Now they've got a person in there who comes up in the corners and makes that chattering noise, that she drops to the floor. I can't, I'm like trying to pick her up laughing. And the guy, like, we couldn't figure out a way out. And all you hear is this disembodied voice go, come this way. Out of my mouth, parenting when, Angelina, follow the creepy voice. <laughs> all I could do. And we laugh. We still laugh about it. She's like, that is the worst parental advice ever. I was like, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. So haunted houses do the same thing. Like I, I used to go to them all the time when I was a teenager and scream and laugh because it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But I had to out my kid on that one because it was just too funny. That's really funny. That's hilarious. And I'll just quickly add with that time when I went with my sister at one point in, I think it was because they have three different attractions at this one. And it was like, I think it was the corn maze, which those freak me out anyway. And at the very end, they have someone with a chainsaw. <laughs> So, um, but we're going through there and my sister saw someone hiding in the shadows up there and she just went, no, <laughs> she just, no. and then she went, I don't know why I just said that. I'm sorry. But that's the response you have when you see it and you know, it's coming and you're like, I'm done with you. No, you keep your mouth shut. You, you scare the next group done. Keep your yeah. chainsaw in your pants, mister. <laughs> and the person just laughed. They couldn't even do it. <laughs> I thought it was so bizarre. And then I also had the same one, you know, because I always say don't touch them and they can't touch you. They, so one of them accidentally touched me and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, it's okay. So it was like this break in the, <laughs> you know, the whole facade comes down. You had a but... fourth wall break. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Okay, well, let's get into a little bit of what um, our favorite horror subgenres are, possibly. I just thought this might be a little fun one to talk about. I know it's kind of off topic, but I don't think so. Um, so, Rebecca, what are some of your favorite horror subgenres? Uh, my favorite, and this actually leads well to you guys were talking about, like, how you have to just laugh after you've been scared. Horror comedy, to me, is... 
they're my some of my favorite movies and i i love the horror comedy mix because i do think that a big fundamental appeal of horror is that there is something like there are horror movies that are really scary and then there are horror movies that are supposed to be scary but they're actually really funny and i think that there's something very appealing about being able to take pain and death and torture all these things that we're we normally have to think very seriously about and going that's really funny (laughs) (laughs) i recently um a couple years ago i discovered tucker and dale versus evil which is a great horror comedy and of course i love things like Shaun of the dead but I, I think that zombie movies especially lend themselves really well to this because they know that there's something inherently absurd mm-hmm. about them. And I think slasher films do as well. So there's, uh, when I saw, I saw Slumber Party Massacre for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was laughing through the whole movie. My husband could hear like the, the screams coming from the other room. My husband refuses to watch horror movies, by the way. He hates them. <laughs> uh, in fact, I've got a great story that I will tell later about trying to make my husband watch a horror movie with me. And I still think it's hilarious. <laughs> but he, he hears the, like, you know, drill going and, ah! and he's like, then he hears me cackling. He's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, this is really funny. The dead body is sitting in the refrigerator. And every time they open it, it falls out. And what I, incidentally, about that movie, uh, written by Rita Mae Brown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, It was intended to be a satire. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're watching this, particularly as a female viewer, who have seen a lot of slasher movies from that time, you can see where she intended this to be like a comedy that she, she was, she was winking at you the whole time. And I think a lot of women who watch the movie really get it, mm-hmm. but basically the people who picked it up and produced it were like, no, this is really serious. Kill her with a drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this like, this is amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, the first few seconds you see, you know, or she's basically naked <laughs> the first few seconds, which is the way a lot of slasher films are. But at the yep. same time, the way it was done in that, it was a total wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. And totally. And it was directed by a woman, too. So, yes. And I think yeah. they all kind of got it. And so I, I love I love the sub like the subgenres of horror that that understand how to have fun with these ideas and to both make you make you have fear at the right times, but also let you laugh. Incidentally, another great one, uh, Dance of the Dead. <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, it's a zombie prom movie, <laughs> zombie outbreak at the prom. Uh, it's awesome. One of my favorite lines from a horror movie ever is from that movie. It's, but I don't know how to shoot a machete. <laughs> it's fantastic. There are spines being ripped out in different parts of the movie. It's glorious. <laughs> I'll have to look for that one. I'll definitely have to yes. look for that one. Yeah. yeah. And Sasha, what are some of your favorite subgenres? Um, I am a 
old school slasher fan, uh, you know, the higher the body count, like, let's do it. Um, also really bad B-rated campy. So, you know, after Friday the 13th gets up into like five, you know, there's one of them. It's, I don't know if it's three or four, but there's the guy in the sleeping bag and he picks him up in the sleeping bag and slams him into the tree and it leaves the bloody smiley face. Like, come on. How can you not love horror? That's give me a break. So see, they're actually really funny. It is. Jason goes to space. Yeah. They just, they yeah. get so beyond themselves, but I do like the old school slasher. So, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. We all know that, I mean, somebody's going to die. Like, you know, those sounds, um, you know, so super campy kind of horror. Um, I have an opinion that I think is probably a very unpopular one, but I believe that the Blair Witch Project ruined horror um, because it shifted. I know, don't I, Rebecca? I'm sorry. Um, I can see Rebecca. It's so Blair I'm Witch got in shaky cam mm-hmm. and really pushed the jump scares and ruined a lot of horror, at least for me. But I that like. That is my horror pet peeve. An over-reliance on jump scares. Come on! Yeah, like, mm-hmm. come up with I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. There shouldn't be as many jump scares. Um, You know, but then the things like Cabin in the Woods. Like, come on. So campy horror. So I really like B-rated campy, you know, that kind of stuff. I do agree with, you know, Rebecca, like, comedy horror is good. But slasher, body count, stupid you know, the rules, right? If you drink or have sex, you're dead. Like, <laughs> those are the rules. Let's stick with them. Incidentally, if you watch Norwegian horror films, it is the virgin who dies first because she is ah. inexperienced. Really? Oh, really? Huh, that's yes. interesting. Huh. Yes. Can you There's recommend actually, Norwegian, Norwegian film? I can send you some, a friend of mine from college actually went to a lecture last year at her university on Norwegian horror films, and she gave me a, a list of recommendations. So I shall have to send those around to people who are interested. I, yeah, Very definitely. Intrigued. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And then we'll have to maybe post it for listeners too, or something. Yeah, just so yes. they can check out some. And uh, then, um, and that, that was the, that was the theory basically is that the Norwegian, like the, Scandinavian filmmakers had seen all of these American slasher movies from the 80s and yeah. they're like this is ridiculous why would the virgin be the one who lives at the end she's naive she's innocent she's not tough enough and we can talk about this more when it comes to the the slasher episode but they went no this is wrong it should be it should be the more experienced girl who's going to defeat the, the bad guy at the end it's the the innocents are supposed to be slaughtered first <laughs> very death metal of them <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting and then Sasha I know I've recommended a million times that you should get Shudder but um, on Shudder no no, I'm going to say this because <laughs> no I know I know Shutter, I'll get there. on Shudder they have something on there called Crystal Lake Memories and it's all about and it's it's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours so you can't watch it all in one sitting and then they also have of course the extensive um, Nightmare on Elm Street documentary that's really long. So 
you have to check out Shudder just simply just to watch that. And then they've also got a documentary in there about 80s horror films. And so, yeah, and that whole so decade. So in like eight weeks when I'm done with all of the other crap <laughs> and I can actually have like fun and do things for myself again. Then I'm do in. that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Susie. So I do really like, um, like everyone else, uh, comedy horror. Cause I think it's really fun when like movies, like either intentionally or unintentionally, like make satires of the genre that they're in. Um, sort of kind of like scream where they're like, Oh my God, this is the formula of scary movies. And then like the whole movie like goes through the formula and like cabin in the woods where they like, make it they kind of create like this thought of that like every scary movie that we see is very it's almost like in a way very formulaic and it kind of makes you it can make you believe that almost every scary movie that we've seen can belong in like uh cabin in the woods universe the cabin in the woods uh see you <laughs> um and just it's gonna sound really weird but like body horror is also really cool too like body horror films especially those with um uh brian yuzna and uh, screaming mad george who like if you don't know who screaming mad george is you need to like get on google you need to watch like every movie that he has um, worked on because he does some really cool like body horror stuff and it, it will leave you a little bit like Ugh, but also, oh, so you did the, oh, he's like, so it's, they're very weird, but they're also kind of like very cool in their own way. <laughs> and um, I don't know if this would count like as a zip genre, but I really like watching like horror shorts. Because yes. I really like seeing how like these like um, filmmakers can take like a, like the story and really condense it into this like 10, 13 minute like space, but still be able to tell like a story that really can in some ways really stay with you. Um, a really good example of this, and I wasn't aware is that, um, uh, oh, I forget her name. <gasps> Everyone's gonna hate me. It's, it's, oh God, it's Nebula. Oh, Killian. Oh, I forgot her name. Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys. Don't come for me, please. It was a momentary brain fart. I'm so sorry. Um, Your nerd card has been revoked. Oh! Well, she did um, this, like, short, like, horror film where she is, like, this, um, like, washed-up horror movie actress. And at the very end, she, spoiler, gets killed. But it was a really interesting take to um, the whole, like, scream queen of the moment thing. Where then, where sometimes they might like fit out of spotlight, and they try to do what they can to stay relevant in some very sad cases. But yeah, it's just stuff like that. It's really neat. I'm really missing the Mile High Horror Film Festival this year because oh. of all of the shorts that you could watch. Because there were some really great creative horror shorts that I would see every year, and well. If if you're missing that, we'll go on um, the YouTube channel Alter. They have some really good like short horror film ones. One that I recommend is The Dollmaker. <laughs> it gets you. You're like, oh gosh. 
Yeah, I saw some Thank good you. ones at the Women in Horror Film Festival um, this past February in Atlanta. There were some good ones there as well. There were some, I will say, that made reminded me of being in film school. <laughs> in film school, because sometimes, sometimes the horror shorts I like some of them, but sometimes they can be very much like, okay, we're just being weird to be weird, and there's nothing really working here. But sometimes they can be really good. One of the best ones we saw there was literally, I think, two minutes long. And it was probably one of the creepiest ones there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they they can be really fun. So yeah, I would consider that a, a subgenre of of sorts. Um, mine are well, I love slasher flicks too. And what's funny with slasher flicks is I always said for years that I didn't like slasher movies, but yet I watched a ton of slasher movies. My all time favorite horror movie is Halloween. So, and then my second one is A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I definitely like slasher movies. And I'm like, okay, Aaron, just admit you like them. And I think it was because I have a love-hate relationship with Friday the, thir- Friday the 13th, that series. That's, to me, I never, you know, sometimes I like them. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is just annoying. Um, because I never really cared too much about the characters. <laughs> Whereas with the first Halloween and with Nightmare on Elm Street and some of the subsequent sequels, you do care about the characters. At least I do. Um, you know, I love Laurie and, and Halloween and I loved Nancy. Um, got to get a hug from Heather Lang- Langenkamp in February, by the way, which was so awesome when I won that award. That was the most awesome part of that whole thing. Um, she's really sweet. But, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think, um, I, but I think I just have to admit I love that genre because there is that campiness to it. There is that thing if you can't take it too seriously. But yet some of them are very, very scary. The first Halloween is terrifying. The first Nightmare on Elm Street is terrifying. I think some of the sequels of Nightmare on Elm Street, especially New Nightmare, I think that is the second best in the series. I, and that's because Wes Craven is back. But I think that one's really scary. Um I think the newest Halloween is really scary. So yeah, I think sometimes they can be they can be really good. I also really love psychological horror films. Um, I really love those. Those are probably actually my favorite. And those don't always have a happy ending though. And those sometimes can stick with you a long time. One of my favorite and it's also really character driven is this movie called May. And I don't know if anyone else has seen May. Um, and it's all about a woman named May who's a really shy it's it's a trope you've seen before, but it's the really shy girl and she's a little bit odd and weird and she has dolls that she collects and she works at a veterinary hospital and she meets this guy and she falls in love with him and he makes like horror shorts and stuff and I'm not going to tell you the scene because you have to see this movie when they're watching this one short film that he made where these two people are on a picnic and something happens there. And then, yeah, you just have to watch it. And the end is just a really good ending. And it's really creepy. The performance is really good. It's by Lucky McGee. And I really, really recommend that one. Um, that one really sticks with you. And I consider this a horror movie, but I think American Psycho is another one that's very, 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 very much a psychological, very character-driven. That's the other thing I like is very character-driven stories. And I and I love horror comedy as well. Um, I love paranormal stuff. Those I do too. I love the I love the supernatural ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I think supernatural movies just become 
they're a great vehicle to talk about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot more suspension of disbelief, whereas there are times when watching some of the slashers, sorry, Sasha, where I'm like, really? How'd he get all the way over there? How did you survive? You got shot in the head three times. How are you still living? There is no plot logic in a slasher film. That's what makes it great. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have plot logic. Or Michael walks so dang slow. How could you possibly get <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. You just, there is no plot. It is just body count. Suspension of belief. You're just like, just go along for the ride. Aaron, yeah, I, I'm here to see some bodies. <laughs> what were you going to say, Sasha? Said I agree about American Psycho. Like, that is one of my all-time favorite movies just in general. Um, I I absolutely love that. I know that you had posted it earlier, and I was. it's the business card scene, which is always the one where I'm going, oh, God, this is where, oh, God, it's the business card. <laughs> you know, but I... I absolutely love that movie. And I remember very clearly walking into a bar that used to be in Union Station in the like mid to late 90s. And I walked in and I swear to God, every man in there had on blue pressed shirts with those white cuffs where the the cuff and the collar. I walked in with two friends looked around and went, I'm in American Horror Story, and turned around and walked right back out. And they were like, what just happened? I'm like, I can't. I can't. If you've not seen the movie, you do not understand, but none of these guys are good guys. We have to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American Psycho is really good. And we're going we're gonna, to um, talk about the movie in general next year. I have that on the schedule because I think it's just a brilliant movie. We'll also briefly discuss the book, but I think the movie is so great. It's so great because it was directed by a woman, written by a woman and i think that is why that movie worked so well plus christian bale is so good in that movie i could not watch him in anything else for a long time because he scared me so much in that movie that it was just oh oh yeah and it's such a perfect take on misogyny and the 80s and all that stuff it's it's such such a great great movie but yeah those are some of some of my favorites yeah but you know, there, you know, there are ones within those genres that I can't watch. Like I can't ever watch The Exorcist again. I have a really hard time with possession movies. So those kind of things in in the subgenre of paranormal, I sometimes have an issue with. But like, you know, I love The Conjuring movies. Um, I think the first Insidious is so good. Uh, yeah, it's just really excellent, excellent. So yeah, and we'll definitely dive into some of those when we talk about our paranormal Uh, movies in our paranormal episode so we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back i want to talk about women and horror and see if if, if anyone thinks there's a difference in the way we consume it as opposed to the way others consume it i mean others consume horror films so we'll be back in just a second okay and we're back so i want to get into women and horror films since we're all women um and this is a podcast discussing a lot of stuff primarily from the female viewpoint and i want to see i think sometimes there is still that misconception that women don't like horror movies as much as men do um which you know i want to share just a a a statistic and this was with when the conjurings was out and stuff and how women are actually help those movies (laughs) uh, earn more money um there was 
uh, the, its audience was 53% female and 59% under 25. So 53%. So more women were watching this than men were. And I think that that's a, that's a statistic that actually has held up a lot, I think, over, over the years. But I think a lot of people think women don't like them because they think that horror films are just geared towards men. And we'll talk about in representation horror in our episode about that, about how women are represented. And then, of course, how other people are represented in horror films. But I want to get um, everybody's take on that. Rebecca, do you think there is a difference in the way women consume horror as opposed to other people? I think that, I don't know if there's a difference. <clears throat> okay. I'll start over here. I think that there is that still that misconception that horror is not for girls. Uh, and I remember that very distinctly, even as a kid, that there got to be an age where, you know, you, you weren't supposed to, like, it was fine to read the Goosebump books and stuff when we were all of a certain age. And as we got older, girls weren't supposed to like that stuff. Like, oh, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be scared of these movies. You're supposed to find that too gross. You're not supposed to, this is not something you'll enjoy. Um, even, yeah, even though as we've all discussed, it's not necessarily true. <laughs> we enjoy that. I think that there is a way that women consume horror movies, at least for myself, that some of it feels very equal. I think, uh, incidentally, there was a study a couple of years ago that found that looking at across genres of movies, horror films are the one genre of film in which women have equal speaking time to male characters. <laughs> and I was like, yes, see, horror is feminist. Screw you all who told me that it was just a misogynist genre because women get cut up in slasher movies. Because I frankly always found, even, even thinking back to that first horror movie of mine of Wait Until Dark, there's so much that I think in the experience of a horror movie that women resonate with, particularly in the women leads, because you have a lot of these women leads in these films that they know something is wrong. And no matter how many times they tell somebody it's you're being crazy, you're being paranoid, there's nothing there, there's no such thing as ghosts, even though you are flung against the ceiling in the middle of the night, that can't possibly be happening to you. Pat, pat on the head, go away, little girl. Um, one of my all-time favorite horror movies is Carrie. And I rewatch that film several times a year. It is one of my absolute favorites. And I think that it fits with a sort of renaissance of feminist horror film that came around in the 70s. Uh, because there was not only Carrie, but uh, there was Rosemary's Baby, which scares the absolute living daylights out of me. And every man I've known to watch that movie, all of my male horror film friends are like, that movie is so boring. It is not scary at all. Nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. Ugh, there's a devil. And I went, you do not understand how terrifying this movie is to a woman. You have never been scared during a pregnancy. You've never had to be afraid of being pregnant, of having other people tell you when you know that there's something wrong with your body, that you're making it up. The idea that like 
you don't actually know <laughs> this person growing inside of you. Sasha, I know you're a mom. You may have had some of those feelings yourself. <laughs> like, and I, I found that when I showed women that movie, when I showed my female friends that movie, or I showed them Stepford Wives, the original Stepford Wives, which is incidentally written by the same screenwriter, they all went, that's scary, man. That's terrifying. And I'm like, see, they get it. <laughs> it's scary. I'm like, I am far more scared of this one than I am of the chainsaw dude. <laughs> like, whatever, chainsaw guys, like hanging out in the backwoods of Texas, whatever. <laughs> that's, I'll, I can run from that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Husband selling you to the devil. <laughs> to be the carrier for the Antichrist and drugging you in your sleep. Jesus. Still, still scares me. I'm getting scared just like thinking about it. So I think that there is, there's a difference, I think, in the types of horror films that end up appealing to us. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I, I think that a lot of the ways that we consume it are the same. I think that we're just looking for different we gravitate towards different types of horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and Sasha. So I, I agree with a lot of what Rebecca said. Like, I think that we pick different horror as our cup of tea, as it were. Um, but I do, I really do think that women probably enjoy horror more than men. I really do. I mean, I know you read those those numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were higher, especially if you pick a different movie or a different like genre of things. I'm willing to bet it's higher. Um, but there's also, just because you were talking about Carrie and stuff, um, the old I Spit on Your Grave, if any of you have ever seen I Spit on Your Grave, um, which really is like torture porn horror revenge horror i don't know where it is brutal but that's one of those ones that i think uh women would consume vastly different than men would because that is obviously our biggest fear is to be you know assaulted in any way but then she gets her revenge and you know all the men are like well that was stupid that would never happen it's like oh no oh yeah yeah that would totally happen if we could do it and get away with it. <laughs> Backwards? Hmm. I got your number, <laughs> mister. Uh, so I think depending on the flavor of horror changes how everything is. But often in, like, the slasher film, I mean, and we'll talk about it again in the other episode with the final girl, but women are usually the victims in the horror movies. A lot of times, you know, it's it's the women... And then I'm sure you'll discuss the representation, you know, people of color, all of that are always the, the victims. So I like it when the underdog wins. Um, you know, I think that that's kind of a cool thing to see. And I think that would be different than if you asked men their opinion on the horror. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Have you seen yeah. the horror movie Teeth? Yeah, that's all. That's the all oh, that movie is. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. I know I need oh, to. You guys have to remember, I have had no life for like the past <laughs> five years. I'm so close to the end of the tunnel here, and I just looked up Shutter, and it's like 
five bucks a month and I may break yeah. down and do it now because it's Halloween and I'm ready for spooky. So yeah. bring it. Yeah. That's that's why I always recommend shutters. It's so cheap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Teeth is a great movie. Oh my gosh. Talk about, um, and it was, it was directed by a man, but talk about a feminist yeah. movie. I mean, that no. is just screams. It's just all. Yeah. That. And I know the premise of it. I know like, the whole concept behind it and everything. So it's, I, I want to see it. I just, again, I haven't had time, my friends. I know. I know when you have time. (laughs) I I recommended teeth. This was a couple years ago when I first saw it and it was originally on Netflix. I, I recommended it to another uh, feminist horror film fan friend of mine. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll watch it sometime. And a couple weeks later, I just got this text from her out of nowhere saying, Oh my god, oh my god, I'm laughing so hard she bit his dick off. <laughs> and I was like, I know exactly what point in the movie you're at now, and isn't it amazing? Yeah, that movie is so good. Yes, that movie is awesome. And I'm sure women appreciate that movie in a totally different way than men do. You know, I mean, it just I just yeah, think a lot of my male horror yeah. movie friends, they don't like it. They're like that's gross. <laughs> and I'm like, gross. <laughs> we were just watching Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an that's an awesome one. <laughs> um, and, and I have a quote that when I get to that when um it comes to me, I will read about the difference between men and women and horror. Um, that I think is a really good quote. Uh and Susie. So I I think that, well, women gravitate to horror because, again, it does offer a sense of escapism from all the crap that we have to deal with on the daily. And, you know, when you're comparing the Chainsaw Maniac to all the troubles you have to face about, like, Republicans telling you what to do with your body, society telling you how you should look, pressures in the workplace... Pressures from family to have kids that you might possibly not want, but yet they're pressuring you to have them anyway, because how is the bloodline going to continue? But your response is, the curse ends with me. It's just like, when, when, you're, when you're facing all of this, watching horror movies is a really good way to just be like, okay, I'm going to see this Banff take down a villain and survive, because she's just cool. Like, you, you have... And you also have so many different, um, like, representations to look at. Like, you have, like, the heroes that are kicking ass and taking names, like Ripley. You have um, the the villainesses that are just, like, gleefully wreaking havoc. Like, um, like Jennifer and, um, and uh, uh, oh, I forget her name, uh, like, the Queen of the Damned. And... You have like the the unlikely survivors, so it's just like it's really cool to see like different representations of women and to see like what they what they're able to survive and go through because yeah, of course they're gonna make it because they're badass. I mean, who who do you can't agree with that? Um, I mean, that's kind of just like how I feel that. Because, listen, I am I am a POC woman who is also queer. 
So when I watch horror movies, I like knowing that the bad guy is going to get it. Because I'm like, yes, because also this does not compare to the horrors I have to face on the daily. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, just like, hit me with that body count. Hit me with that Victoria said, I'm good. Yay. Like, that's that's just my take on it. <laughs> yeah, and I want to start um, before I delve into my thoughts on it. There's this this quick quote from uh, Lenny Sarah Helpern of the Horror Honeys. Um, she said, and I quote here, sorry, I had it right. At the end of the day, the reasons that women love horror probably aren't that different than the reasons men do, but the ways and reasons that we appreciate it can be vastly different. Women usually appreciate the beauty of blood and the power of a woman fi- finds a pa- and the power a woman finds in revenge. Horror inevitably offers different experiences for everyone, but for years, horror fandom has been tilting to favor women. And I agree a lot with that. Um, I think, you know, like a lot of people have said, there's there's that power in it. And even though women are killed a lot in horror movies, um, you know, there are some horror movies, like it even says in this article that women know the ones that are a lot more misogynistic. They know the ones that maybe to stay away from. Like, for instance, in my opinion, I think Hostel 2 is one of the most misogynistic movies I have ever seen. And I felt literally physically ill after I watched it. And that was supposed to be a movie, I think, on the surface. That was supposed to be women being in power because it's these women, you know, trying to escape, you know, being in the, which if you've seen the first one, you know, it's about people that pay to kill people. And it was the women in the the second one, but it was so voyeuristic in this way where, and this is my problem with torture porn in general, where unlike slasher movies, and I know people may disagree with me on this, but unlike slasher movies with torture porn, it's almost like you're getting off on it in a different way, which is why they call it porn. Um, the camera seems to be getting off on it. Um, I think I don't like Eli Roth period, but I think like you were saying, um, Blair, Sasha, when you were saying Blair, Witch project ruined horror, I think for many years, torture porn ruined horror. Um, and I, I just don't think it's the same as slasher. And I'll get into that a lot more when we do the slasher episode. I want to talk about that more because I think too often it's compared to it. And I think they're totally different. And I think that's a fair statement. And I think it's also important to make the differentiation between slasher and the torture ones. Cause they're, they're different for me. They're different genres completely. Yeah. So I, I totally, I totally agree. And um, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know they made a hostel too. I saw the first one and was like, I'm good. I think there's even a third one. Oh goodness. No, there's no reason. Yeah, the Hostel 2, there's a whole scene. Um, I mean, we're talking about horror, so I guess I can describe it a little bit here. I don't know if anybody cares. Spoiler alerts. Um, but there's a whole scene where a woman is killing another woman, and she's lying there, and she's basically naked. And the other woman's hanging above her, and she's killing her, and her blood is dropping down on her breasts. And you can tell she's getting sexually aroused by it. And I had to sort of fast forward through it because it was so disturbing in a way that I could tell that Eli Roth thought maybe this 
would be, I don't know, some kind of feminine thing. I don't know. But in my mind, it was like this was some kind of sexual fantasy that he had in his head and he put it on on film. And I could be totally wrong. I don't know Eli Roth, so this is just in my head. But it was just so disturbing in this way that, I don't know, that felt really insulting to me as a woman and as a fan of the genre. It was the way it was done, too. It was just so, it was like watching a, it was like watching a porn film, really. So it was just, but with blood, it was really weird and disturbing. So that was one of the many reasons I didn't like that sequel. Okay, let's go. I talked a little bit when I was talking about what attracts us to horror about endorphins and, you know, that feeling of excitement and the adrenaline rush and everything like that, that we can get. So I want to talk just a little bit about that. Um, if anyone wants to share any experience they've had seeing a horror film with a crowd of people, um, any good experience, bad experience. Um, Cause like I said, I think that sometimes that adds to the excitement of watching a horror movie. Do you have anything you want to share on that, Rebecca? <laughs> so I actually, I am one of the few people amongst my my friends, and it seems like my friends who do like horror keep moving away from me. Uh, I don't have very many friends, although maybe I do now, thanks to this podcast, that I can go see horror movies in the theater with. Um, I mentioned earlier my husband hates horror films. Sasha, you and I, once theaters are open, we can go. Yes. And Susie and Aaron, we're all going together. It's going to be horror movie parties in the theater. It's going to be great. <laughs> but <clears throat> my husband does not like this genre at all. I have a hard time getting him to watch fiction, period. He really hates horror. Uh, which I find this really interesting to watch how other people react during movies, especially ones that I have seen before. Like, I went and I went and saw the movie Us with for a second viewing for me. This person went with you, Aaron. And I went with a friend of mine who was kind of curious to see it, but she's like, I'm a little bit of a chicken. So she's like, I need to go with somebody else. So it was my second viewing and her first. And because I knew it was coming, I I didn't jump during the first screening, but during the second screening, she kept like clinging to my arm going, <gasps> like hiding her face against my arm. And when we left, she was like, oh, I enjoyed it. She's like, but that was really scary. And I was like, that was great. I loved all that social commentary. That was fantastic. But uh, anyway, I, a couple years ago, uh, so one of the movies that scared me the most watching it in the theater was The Descent. Uh, I saw that in the Dollar Theater when it came out. I went with uh, my cousin while we were in college. We were roommates at the time. And that is one of the movies that we left the theater and we got back to the apartment. And I'm like, we are turning all the lights on. I am not going to sleep. <laughs> oh my God, that was terrifying. Uh, and like sitting there in the theater and thinking like, I feel like Molly and I are the only ones who are really scared by this movie. <laughs> and everybody else seems to be like, not quite as terrified as me right now. Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> but I rented his movie, Dog Soldiers. Um, I can't remember the director's name, so sorry. I'll look it up later. Uh, I rented his earlier movie, Dog Soldiers, while my husband, who was then my boyfriend, was visiting me. And I was like, I really want to watch this movie because I was so scared by The Descent. 
but I'm kind of fascinated by it too. So I want to see his other work, but I don't want to watch it alone. Will you watch it with me? And he's like, oh, fine. Sat down on the couch with me about 15 minutes, 20 minutes into the movie. He went, I can't do this. I'm out. Nope. God. <laughs> Got up and left. Went to the bedroom. He's like, "Nah, I can't." He can't, he could not stand the the feeling of anxiety, like waiting for someone to die, waiting for that that jump scare to happen. And I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm watching this by myself." He was in the bedroom, and every time someone screamed during the movie, he was like, "Did that one guy die? <laughs> did the guy who got bit? Did he die yet?" What's happening? Who screamed now? And so I started <laughs> shouting updates through the wall to him. I finally said, no, I, I'm not doing this. You are going to come in here and finish the movie with me or you don't get to know what happens. And I think that he could not stand the idea of just like not knowing what happened at that point. So he came back and finished the movie and agreed like, you know, it actually was pretty good. <laughs> like because you hit during half of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I'm kind of surprised by how many people have sat through a horror movie, like watching through their fingers or like barely watching it, like hiding. And then they get to the end of the movie and they're like, that was great. <laughs> did you see any of it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, did you watch any of the movie? <laughs> so, the descent is definitely scary. And Neil Marshall is the name of the director. Neil Marshall. So sorry, yeah. Neil. Your movie scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, and talk about, to me, that is a very, very feminist movie. That is very, that is, oh, that is such a great movie. Yeah, that's a really great such one. Such a great and, movie, but so terrifying. And it's got such a great buildup because it's not right away. It's not, I mean, the horror doesn't start right away. You've got a great, you get to know the characters. It's not just this instant, you know, bloodbath. But it is gory. It is a very gory movie, but it should be. And it's, yeah, it's a really good one. I think that's something that I appreciate about some horror films that others don't do is in The Descent, you have this fantastic element to it. You you have a monster, but there's so much of the danger that is very real, like being in an uncharted cave, having one of your team members fall and break her leg sorry spoiler alert everybody um you know these are things like you're at risk of having the cave entrance collapse of being lost of being out of supplies i'm like already right there like that's you don't even need to add monsters at that point and it's already terrifying i thought the abyss was horrifying (laughs) that was one of the scariest movies i've ever seen i i will not watch the movie again i'm like nope Mm -mm." (laughs) So Rebecca's movie line is anything that involves claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't really consider myself a claustrophobic person until I'm watching some of these movies and I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. Let's not be in the cave right now. <laughs> I will run away from Leatherface through an open field in Texas. <laughs> you have better odds. I do have yeah, better that's odds. True. I have better yeah. odds in the yeah. field. Yeah. Then if you're stuck trapped, in the, there's a movie on, um, it's not necessarily that great, but on Hulu, I don't know if you've watched any of their After Dark or Into the Dark series um, on there. It's Blumhouse too. Whoops. Didn't mean to get the microphone there. Um, and 
uh, there's one in there called Down, and it's about these two strangers who get stuck in an elevator. And it's very psychological kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that would probably play into that with you. <laughs> They're very, I mean, they play up that claustrophobic feeling and being trapped and, yeah. <laughs> so that would maybe, probably terrify me. Yeah. Which means I will, I will probably watch it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, That's a no-no for me. Like, cave stuff is like, eh -eh. eh-eh. There's one one movie that I watched with my dad um, a long time ago. It isn't a horror film, but the environment feels very horror. Uh, I I think it's called The Sanctorium or The Sanctum. And it's it's about this... Yeah, it's about this group of, like, cave divers going to caves. Spoiler, not all of them make it out alive. <laughs> but just like the vis the very like these are the effects used in this movie are really well done. And so like part of me was like, oh no, no. Oh so like by the end of that movie I was like, I cannot sleep tonight. Thank you for that, father. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I haven't watched them, but I've heard of that one. But yeah, and um, Sasha, do you have any experiences you want to share, or any thoughts on that feeling of watching horror movies together? Um, I I'm not gonna lie, it's been a long time since I've seen a horror movie in a theater, mostly because also my husband is not a big horror fan. Like he'll watch them if I'm like really gung-ho about it but we don't go see them in the theater a lot because i don't want to waste my money on a horror movie i want to go see something better okay so now i have new people so in the after times we can go watch horror movies um so i i think the last one that i can remember seeing was uh piranha 3d (laughs) which uh was fantastic (laughs) If you've not seen it, you are missing a classic masterpiece of amazing cinematography and gloriousness. I got nothing. That's the best I can give you. (laughs) No, but that's a great one. That's a great one to mention. (laughs) I don't know. But I, you know, (laughs) Susie's waving the white flag. (laughs) And Adam Scott is in that. And, um... I I adore that man with everything that I am. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, it's it's In good stuff. Time. But I wanted to mention because when I read the outline and I saw this section, I wanted to throw a book out there called Scream, um, and it's the Chilling Adventures in the Science of Fear. It's written by a sociologist who used to um, Margie Kerr care. It's M-A-R-G-E-E, and then it's K-E-R-R is her last name. So it's Scream. But she worked in a haunted house. And then I think she did, like, amusement parks and stuff. So she compared American horror with Asian horror and that whole concept of, like, in American horror, you can kill the bad guy. And in Asian horror, it's that, like, psychological supernatural that you can't overcome and why why people enjoy horror the way they do. Um, so I want, I just want to throw that book out there because for me, this section kind of, I felt like that was a good uh, plug for that 
book. Uh, it was really interesting just to read, you know, the excitement and people who work in haunted houses and how hyped they get to go in and scare people mm-hmm. and get paid to make people think they <laughs> pee themselves. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've written that down. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. And Susie, do you have any experiences you want to share? Okay, so I, like you, Erin, have a mother who is very against horror. And getting her, t- it's always, I can always go see horror movies by myself. That's a given. But it's always more fun to go see it with, like, other people, family or friends. So getting her to see a horror movie with me is like pulling teeth. Like, teeth that are, like, really stuck in there. So I have to, like, get in there, like, wiggle it around, chip away at it, and just, like, yank it, yank it, yank it, until, Eureka! You've got it. But, um, we had watched uh, the first Conjuring at home, and then the second one was coming out, and I was like, oh, I want to go see this in movie, and in theaters. I want to go see this in theaters. I, I know that you want to watch... Uh, there was another movie that was out at the time that was a romantic comedy, I think, or like a comedy. And I was like, I know you want to watch that one, but please, can you do this favor and go watch it with me? You can close your eyes and plug your ears. Just just sit there next to me and don't worry. I'll make the experience. Um, I'll make the experience fun for you. It's it's going to be worth it. And so we went and... Uh, the, throughout the whole movie, I was just giving like mystery science theater <laughs> commentary throughout the whole movie and just like keeping her laughing, keeping her smiling. And she wasn't she, never at any point in the movie that she gets scared. Like neither of us got scared. It was just like both of us just having a good time. Like one of the jokes that I would consistently tell her is um, the one of the apparitions in the movie is Balak and they appear as a nun. So, okay, in Mexico, nuns like to make rum out of rates of like raisins and stuff, and they like to sell it as a way to like have a good side business for convents and such. So, whenever Valak would show up on screen, I would tell her like, "Oh, she's really pissed that no one wants to buy her rum." <laughs> so, whenever she, whenever Valak would show up on screen, we we'd both like be like. Rum, who wants some rum? Buy some rum. So we just be like making the silliest, like old lady voices, like buy some rum, please. <laughs> just we watched it, and um, and it was a really fun way for us to like watch that movie and have that like really fun moment. And it was a good way for her to watch it without being scared. And so whenever I can kind of like convince her to watch a scary movie, that's what I do. I provide the the fun side commentary just to like help her not be as scared. And another like movie theater experience that I that I really enjoyed and that like still makes me like laugh whenever I remember is um you uh Aaron, you had set up a um like a watch together of uh a quiet place mm-hmm. and I remember all, a group of all of us all went to the theater we all sat there watched the movie and I just remember being in that theater and having like my bowl of popcorn because I was ready to chow down and watch this film but due to the to everything being like so deafening <laughs> and then having and then like every little noise that anyone yeah. made it was just like 
so I would be eating the popcorn and I would have the bowl and uh, the the bucket and I would just like take one put it in my mouth and let it like dissolve I wouldn't even bite it I was just like trying to like dissolve it and I'd be like like this my bad and then anyone in the theater who made a sound I was like <laughs> and then I think at one point like a comet slipped out of me and I was like Ooh! and I like froze because I was like oh no they're gonna come get me so it's stuff like that where it's like all immersive yeah. mm-hmm. and, and group setting I think it does help you get more into the mindset of a film and enjoy it more because when later I watched it at home it's not the same thing you know it's not it really is yeah, yeah. It's, Rebecca was there for that one too. Yeah, yeah. it's. And I, I remember, remember every time Melody jumped. <laughs> yes, every time you put some popcorn in your mouth, I was like, "Shh." <laughs> so that's like because suddenly I, every sound is so yeah. included in the movie, and you were listening to every mm-hmm. small sound that they make, which is why every time I was sitting next to Melody, I think when we were watching it, and every time she jumped, she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Like she would like grab my hand. I'm like, I like. Well, remember too at the one part when the lights came up in the theater when the lights accidentally came up. All like freaked out. We're like, (laughs) everyone's like, what? (laughs) What? We turned back down. We were just like, oh. Like if only we had like heart monitors on. I swear, would have like they would have seen a spike in activity. (laughs) But that's the fun yeah, of watching horror movies with other people, though, is half the time, most of the, like, half of the fun is watching their reactions and seeing how they get you to react. Like, whether you're the one who's scared or you're not the one who's scared and you're trying to, like, make sure that they feel okay <laughs> during the movie. That's yeah. the fun part. It's communal. I think it's one of the, I think that and comedies are some of the more communal movies because I don't really think of, you know, going to watch a drama with friends really and being like, we're going to experience this together. Like, this is going to be a communal moment. There are a few dramas that I can think of where that's like part of the point is viewing it as a community, but like if you view comedies at home, I'm like I'm. I might be like, this is funny, but I'm not gonna laugh the way that I am when I'm watching it with other people. So Very true. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I'm not. I'm not gonna scream during a horror movie the way that I might if I'm in a theater full of people and I hear ten people behind me go ah. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah that's, also, that's I feel like it true. helps you get like a read of people and see like what stuff like they like react to it's like what stuff for them is scary and what stuff for them is funny Mm -hmm. that's also a good way to like read those that you're with yeah yeah I agree yeah because I think there I mean I love drama films and I love indie films and stuff and I think there are some of those that you do have an experience watching it and it might be a really emotional experience and you do talk about it afterwards like I've said when I watched the movie Waves Recently, we sat through the entire credits the first time I saw it. And I saw it a couple of times in the theater. And that's a heavy movie. And we sat and didn't move, didn't speak through the entire credits. And so it was that kind of experience of you've just gone through something traumatic in a way and you just have to sit with it. 
But I think with horror and comedy, but I think especially with horror, you have that communal thing where I don't like it when people talk during movies at all. It drives me crazy. But I think with horror, there's an exception to that in the fact of when you scream or when you go, oh, my God, don't go in there or something like that. As long as you're not doing it constantly throughout, depending on the movie, it's it's accepted in a way because you're experiencing it together and you're having those reactions together. I remember seeing uh, Jason versus Freddy in the movie theater. And that was, that movie was so, you know, hyped and everybody was looking forward to that movie. That movie had been planned for years and years and years. And while I was disappointed in some of the movie, even though I, I, I love Jason Ritter to death, but it still was so much fun seeing it in a theater that was sold out, completely packed. Everybody was hyped and into it. Everybody was having reactions. You could tell sort of who was rooting for Freddie and who was rooting for Jason. And, you know, and the reactions to the end, the reactions to some of the lines in the movie. That was just so much fun and it heightened the experience. And then I've watched that movie since then. And it's just not that as fun. It's not as fun because you don't have that audience reaction. You don't have those people rooting. I know it sounds bizarre to say you're rooting for one of the killers, but you were, you were rooting for one of them. I was rooting for Freddie, but I know a lot of people were rooting for Jason. <laughs> so, so that made Team it a Freddy. lot of fun. Yeah. And then um, Susie, I had an experience with my mom going to a horror movie once I got her to go see the mist with me, which I think is a really, really good movie. And it was on my birthday. And she said, okay, for your birthday, I will go to a horror movie with you. And she went to go see that with me. And she really, really enjoyed it actually. And she watching her reaction, watching her get into it and watching her get a little bit scared, but also kind of laughing after she got scared. She did have a moment afterwards where she said, okay, I can kind of see why, you would like this experience. Um, she hasn't really, I don't think watched a horror movie since then, but it was just, it was just really a special experience for me to be able to go with my mom who doesn't like horror movies. who I've never really been able to share that with, and I'm very close to my mom. So, you know, my dad always was the one who liked horror movies and he showed me horror movies a lot when I was a kid. And so it was more a thing that was his thing. But to be able to share that with my mom was really special. So that so that movie, even though I, I love it anyway, but it holds a special place because of the fact that I got to see it with my mom and she sat there and it was her idea and it, you know, so it was that was really cool. Um, as far as like a weird experience was, I don't know if everybody's seen the movie Bug with with um, Ashley Judd and oh my God, it is, oh my God, one of the, I, I love it, but it's. Not a typical horror movie, um, and so it's not something that you really would necessarily um, – you might think from trailers that it's going to be something totally different than it is. It's very much a psychological thing. It's very much about mental illness, um, and it's, I just really think – I just really think it's a great movie. But I remember seeing it, and there were – I saw it alone, and – I like going to movies alone, but horror is one of those that I very rarely like to go to alone. I don't know. I'd rather have somebody there with me in the theater. I can watch it alone at home, but in the theater, I'd rather have somebody with me. But I remember going to it, and there were these kids that were probably about 8 or 10. And I just kept thinking, this is so not a good movie for them to be seeing. And right before the movie started, they played a 
five minute clip from Hostel 2 <laughs> before the movie. And you've got these kids that are so young watching this clip. And I, I was so uncomfortable. So it just kind of made me feel really kind of off while watching it. Um, and it also stars Michael Shannon. I want to say that because Michael Shannon is absolutely fantastic. Harry Connick Jr. is also in it. Um, but it's it's really good. It's based on a play by Tracy Letts, who also did the screenplay. It's directed by William Friedkin. So, yeah. And it's and it, and it has a claustrophobic feel to it because it basically takes place almost entirely in a motel room. Like 99% of the movie is in a motel room. So I highly recommend that one. It's a really, really interesting one that I know a lot of people hated, but I thought was really good. Um, but that was a really weird experience. And then another one, this is not a horror movie, but I want to point this out just because it was a reaction like you would have in a horror movie. Has anybody else seen the really horrible movie Meet Joe Black with um, with Brad Pitt? Well, you can look up this scene. There's this really interesting clip of this scene. But Brad Pitt, you know, he's walking. He gets his character, spoiler alert, it happens right away, but gets hit by a bus. Okay, and it's not something you're expecting. This is a romantic comedy. And he walks across, gets hit by a bus. And I remember watching that in the theater. And when he got hit by that bus, this woman screamed at the top of her lungs so loud that the whole audience erupted in laughter. So I just have to share that because it's not a horror movie, but it was just a really funny experience in a movie that's not a horror movie. That was basically a horror reaction. Um, Okay, well, let's go on finally what i want to talk about is if anybody thinks there's any negatives to horror if there's any negative outcomes to watching horror if there can be a negative side to it do you think so rebecca that's a really good question um because i tend to fall in the camp of you know i've never been a believer that things like video games or violent movies make someone violent but that's often the argument that certainly my parents or their generation liked to make when I was growing up, uh, especially since I was in high school when the uh, Columbine High School shooting happened. Uh, and I think there was a lot of blame initially placed on violent movies, violent video games. Certainly the horror genre falls into that. Uh, when it came to real life horrors like that, but I've never bought into that. I, I'm trying to think of what, what I would consider a downside or a negative effect of horror movies. I suppose people would make the argument that you could become desensitized to seeing blood and gore, but I also have not found that to be true as I watch plenty of horror movies and I found the first time that I was present for in a operating room to watch a, a, ankle surgery that I wanted to pass out when I got to the bone. So I, I don't know. I, I think that there are certain subgenres of horror that when you start thinking about them, that lend to a lot more of the negative stereotypes. Like uh, I recently watched, and this is on Shutter as well, but it's also available on Amazon prime. Uh, horror Noir, which is a documentary about African-Americans in horror, which is excellent. I highly recommend everybody watch this documentary. Uh, and one of the first things that they brought up is that it's not considered a horror film, but Birth of a Nation really added to the way that people saw African-Americans in the United States as villains and as monsters. And 
that was not helped by the fact that this was screened at the White House and that Woodrow Wilson absolutely loved this movie uh, and is still recognized as this great achievement of film. And yet the villain is a black man who tries to attack a white woman. Uh, and there's also a documentary that you can also find on YouTube uh, if you're interested in finding it called Monsters in the Closet. And about it's about how gay people have been represented in horror films, particularly as horror monsters being coded as queer. Uh, going back to the same era, to the, you know, vampire movies in the 1930s, I think it was, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's a female vampire queen who is trying to seduce a young innocent woman and clearly it's intended that she's gay like that this is a, a lesbian older lesbian preying on a young innocent woman and obviously you've got to kill the bad thing that's what we do in horror horror films so i think that there are ways that horror movies can play on some of those negative stereotypes as easy easy means for what is good and what is evil and it's actually what frustrates me sometimes watching the like the slasher films from the 80s or or even earlier um certainly some of the 50s sci-fi horror movies too i get a lot of this there there are some more strict gender roles in some of the movies there are sometimes not always certainly by the 80s that it improved but part of what made the slasher films effective in the 80s was the aids outbreak in the AIDS uh, epidemic. So hence why anybody who had sex died. <laughs> sex equals death. So I think that there are some of those things that horror can shorthand that end up being detrimental. But I don't think that there are nearly as many. I don't think that the idea that watching violent movies will make you violent is true. Mm hmm. Sasha, Danny, yeah. Um, I I agree. I don't think that watching gore is gonna make you desensitized or make you violent or anything like that. Um, my parents would probably argue that point. My parents would tell you that because I read scary stories and watched scary movies as a kid, it made me interested in serial killers and true crime. Um, they will one hundred percent tell you that's why I am the way that I am. I will then go back and say, well, mom saw the exorcist. So <laughs> her fault. Um, but I do, I think the biggest negative for horror is probably the stereotypes. And I don't think it's as bad now. I think that as a society, we've kind of outgrown it, but definitely, I mean, you know, how often in Hitchcock is the woman just standing there screaming and just screaming, hello, you could move, you could, I don't know, they're coming to get you, Barbara, good luck, see ya, you know. Oh, um, Barbara. Well, you <laughs> We're going to talk about Barbara. <laughs> so I think that older horror, the other problem with horror is it gets dated very quickly. Um, a lot of it just doesn't hold up, you know, so um, some of those stereotypes are definitely there you got to be careful with what you're watching. Some of them just don't fit 
the cultural climate that we're in now. But as far as like negatives from horror and the content, I don't think I I don't think that a horror movie is going to turn somebody into a Jeffrey Dahmer. It it's just I don't think that that's the way that that works. There's something else going on. So, you know, enjoy your horror and uh, have a cup of tea. I don't know. I just, I don't see any real bad, bad from it. Other than, like I said, some of those stereotypes and, you know, some of the tropes that they fall into. But I think it's the older stuff. Like you said, like the 70s and 80s, there's some pretty bad stuff in there. And it definitely doesn't carry over because you watch it now and there's some things where you're just like oh cringe like that really okay but at the time it was terrifying and it was fine because that's where we were as a people Susie Uh, I do agree with what uh, Rebecca and Sasha were saying that um, I think that to like unload all this stuff on horror and be like oh it's gonna make you more more violent and desensitized and just it's I, I think it only affects you to the point that you let it affect you. So, like, um, one part that I really don't like about horror is, like, the inclusion of any scenes of sexual assault. That's something that, even if it's, like, especially if it's done for, like, jokes or something to to any gender, I do, I do not agree with that. And if I... I'm going to watch a movie with that I make sure to skip past that part because that's not something that I want to see I understand that maybe sometimes uh, the directors and writers put it in there for a reason and there's maybe a thought that they're or point or a thought that they're trying to get across but that's not something that I want it that I want present in the horror that I consume personally I know it's not an issue for some other people but for me it is so just personally I choose to like skip those or and such things but yeah i feel like the um horror does it can date itself and this is my issue not only with horror but with like other films when they have an over-reliance on pop culture so for example um i recently watched a babysitter 2 killer queen and in it one of the characters <laughs> Oh my gosh! Sorry, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I, get it. I recommended just that. Not popped up like one of those like little jack in the boxes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, um, so in in that movie, one of the characters makes a joke. It's like, oh, they got away. This is as bad as when Kylie and some other dude broke up, and. Unfortunately, I know who they were talking about, and part of me is like, what relevance does this have to the plot? Because I don't like to see like, oh man, they got away. That's like, or you could just do like a reference to another horror film, like, oh crap, they got away. That's like, it's like when Lori got away from Michael. Like, uh, you know, I I just I feel like when there's no reliance on pop culture, it doesn't work out well for horror or for any other movie because it really dates it, and you're just like. Oh, this is what the 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 Hollywood execs in the room thought was really hip with the kids, huh? This is what they thought was happening that they needed to reference. Like, I don't know. It's just um, 
yet, but I feel like just unloading all this stuff on a horror that like, oh, it's going to make you more violent person. No, it's going to do, it's, it's going to, it's going to do this and that. It's just, it's how much you let it affect you. Like I know some stuff can be really triggering for people. And to that, I say, not all horror. You don't have to like all horror. Like if you know someone who is afraid to look at horror movies because they fear it may trigger them or something, Maybe introduce them to one of the many other genres of horror. You could introduce them to like horror comedies. And maybe that's the only like genre that they stay in. And that's fine because they're watching something that they enjoy. And that's maybe that'll induce them to looking at other films or like exploring other genres within. It's just kind of how I feel. Yeah. Sorry to get all excited there. I just love that movie so much. I watched it two days in a row. So I, I, and I love the first one too. And I think with that one, I, and I had, I didn't really necessarily get that joke. I can't even remember that joke, but um, what I think is great. Sorry about that one is it's uh, really calls out a lot of tropes and a lot of of things that I don't know. I just think it's great. Um, But, you know, one downside of horror. I'm gonna I'm gonna plan some downsides here. Um, I used to think that it doesn't matter what age you are when you see horror movies. There's no problem with it. But I think I watched horror movies way too young. I don't think I should have been watching them as a kid, to be honest, because I have very weird fears. Um, I fear hammers. I fear knives, and I can laugh about it. But I have these. But I blame a lot of this on horror movies. I, when I see a, especially if it's a white house in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, I get scared. It scares me. It terrifies me. Um, I've had nightmares my whole entire life. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, it's very rare, honestly, that I have a dream that isn't tension filled, to be quite frank. Um, It's very rare that I have good dreams, quote unquote. And I'm not saying they're all like nightmares, but they all have a weird tension to them. And I don't know if that has anything to do with how many horror movies I've watched. Um, But I know that probably some of the stuff I see in there was influenced by that. But I love horror and I'm not going to stop watching it. But I do believe that personally, I think young kids shouldn't necessarily watch certain things. Um, I think when your mind is kind of growing, I don't think it's necessarily good. And I, I, I have a feeling people probably disagree with me on that. But for me personally, now that I'm older, I see that a lot of my weird fears come from the from horror movies I watched. Now, I don't think a horror movie is going to make somebody be violent, um, do something violent. I think they already have to have that inclination for anything to inspire them to do it. I think the only thing it could do is inspire maybe a way they do it, but they would have done it anyway. I do remember when I saw the movie Seven, and I remember we walked out, and there was a person sitting there in the theater with this big grin on their face at the end of Seven. And it was this grin I have never been able to get out of my head of such sheer joy and happiness, but in this way that you should not be feeling after watching the movie Seven. And it was one of the creepiest experiences I've ever had because it just stuck with me. Where I was like, okay, they got a different kind of enjoyment from this film. Um, that's kind of freaky. And there were there have been people who have done crimes that they were in, they said 
certain movies inspired them. Like after Natural Born Killers, there was a couple that went and killed people and they were said they were inspired by that movie. But I think they would have done that anyway. They just found sort of an avenue. They found a way to excuse what they were doing, but at the same time to get inspiration that they already would have gotten someplace else. Um, but, you know, and I, and I do think sometimes um, going back to the kids thing, I, I want to talk really briefly. I'm just going to briefly mention the slender man thing that's on that creepy pasta. And there was, there were those kids that really believed it was real and they tried to kill their friend because they didn't want Slender Man to get their family. And granted, you know, one of the kids probably had schiz- definitely has schizophrenia and there were other issues there. But that is really freaky. I mean, that and I'm and they probably would have done something like this from some other thing, but they really believed that this thing was real and they were so wrapped up in it that they were trying to protect their family by killing their friend, trying to kill their friend, which luckily she did not die. Um, there's a great documentary on in, on HBO about that. That's hard to watch. There's parts of it that make me angry because they don't focus enough on the victim, like I mentioned in our true crime episode. Um, but so I will say I do think there can be downsides. I do think we'll talk about it in representation, you know, that a lot of times um, the tropes that are in horror can be harmful sometimes. Um, can be stereotypical, um, the way people of color have been treated, um, you know, the, um, the way, you know, it always used to be the cliche that if a black person is in a film, they're going to die first, um, in a horror film. So yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. And I definitely echo what Rebecca said, watch that movie, horror noir, watch that documentary. I've watched it a couple of times. It's excellent. It's really, really good. And it delves into that a lot deeper. And then also watch the documentary scream queen, my nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, and that's about, um, how am I forgetting his name all of a sudden, but that's about the, the main actor from nightmare on Elm Street two and how that movie really just, destroyed a big part of his life and he and you know that movie is thought to be the queerest horror movie ever made is how people just some people describe it um and so that so i really recommend that because he wasn't ready to come out of the closet and all this stuff and the way he was scapegoated and the way he was treated and it's just a really really good documentary i highly recommend that and that one's also on shutter um but you could also rent that other places too I, I really, really recommend that one. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that all kids will react that way to horror. I just want to say I kind of feel now that I'm older that I shouldn't have watched some horror movies when I was younger. Mark Patton. Thank That's you. True. Yeah, I was just trying to look it up here because yeah, I can't I was just like I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, but yeah, that is a very good documentary as well. I actually got a shutter subscription just so I could watch <laughs> Scream Queen. <laughs> I love Sasha. You can't see it, but Sasha's face. <laughs> She's just shaking her head like, okay, we get it. Shut her right. <laughs> You're chipping away at her resolve. I know. Little by little. What's one thing that you would like to plug this episode? Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten your shutter subscription? Shutter. Like, shutter. Oh, do you want I don't shutter? Know. Can you sponsor? 
Shutter. I, know, Shutter. I really Shutter. am going for that sponsorship. <laughs> Shutter. We, we should just have like an undercurrent of whispering throughout this whole like Shutter sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> little messaging. Yeah. Yeah, but and and I I mean I understand that it could be just me that that's that I'm one of those rare people that that's what horror did to me, but I just I mean I don't know I just my view on that has changed. But like I said, I'm not going to stop watching horror movies. I mean, I don't see that ever come ever happening. I will say I am more sensitive to them as an adult. I get scared a lot more easy easier now than I did when I was a kid. Um which may seem contradictory to what I said, but it, it just, for some reason, I'm just a lot more sensitive to them. But I love them, and I'll never stop watching them, and I'm really excited to be celebrating them this month. So, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and close out now and have everybody say where they can be found if they want to be found. I'll start with you, Rebecca. All right, well, I don't tweet much, but uh, if you would like to reach me on Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Jacobson. And that's J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N. So if you would like to tell me about your favorite feminist horror films, I would love some more recommendations. Uh, or if you want to talk about some of the uh, real-life serial killers that some horror movies have been based on, such as Ed Gein or Charles Starkweather, who is incidentally from my home state of Nebraska. Hit me up. Who I believe Charles Starkweather is the inspiration for Natural Born Killers. Um. And Sasha, is, is this the time? Staying incognito. I told you, you just wait for it, lady. You be patient. Be patient. Uh, but I will leave you all with, apparently I am shine, signing up for Shutter tonight. Because I will be on the next episode that will be recorded. And if I, I'm really afraid that if I don't get Shutter, that Aaron's not going to let me come play on the podcast anymore. So that'll be happening. Well, you're not on the next one, but you're on – you have two episodes, actually, where you're not on. But then you'll be on. So, so that'll you, give me time to actually time. watch yeah. some things on Shutter, <laughs> and then I'll have things to talk about. Yes. See, it's master plan. Yes, yes. Watch, watch, uh, watch The Beach House, too. That's another one on there to watch. That's a pandemic-type film. So. Oh, yeah, I'm not on that. I don't know how I missed out on that one. I yeah, I think I'm on the – slasher one yes you're on the slasher one yes you are yeah okay and Susie. well uh you can find my dog at his instagram at benny underscore pelucita that's b-e-n-n-i-e underscore p-e-l-u-s-i-t-a and uh i would also like to recommend the horror comedy short film a night of the slasher which is kind of an it's an homage to like it's it's kind of like a love letter to Halloween. So I it's it's really fun. <laughs> I just saw her in space. Um it's a really it's a really good watch. It's like about eleven minutes. Um so it's not like terribly long, but it is it's pretty good and I do recommend it and you can kind of see all these like little like love notes to Halloween throughout it, which I think is really nice. Awesome. Thank you. I'm definitely going to have to check that out since it, you know, Halloween is where it's at for me. Um, oh, sorry. You is... can find it on YouTube. Oh, I okay. I thought you had said okay. that, but maybe, maybe yeah. I just inferred I that. I don't remember if I've said it, <laughs> if I said it or not, but there you go. <laughs> Thank you. 
and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, if you want to drop us a line, if you have any horror films you want to give a shout out, you want us to mention during this month, uh, drop us a line at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Also, please, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on all your favorite pod- podcast platforms, including Spotify. When you do that, it helps us get found. And I just am so grateful to all our new listeners as well. I want to add that really quickly. And on the next episode, Susie and Rebecca are going to be back, and then we're going to be joined by Tiffany and Sarah Alder to talk about zombies and pandemic films. So that will be a ton, a ton of fun. And I also want to mention really quickly that each week we are going to do a watch of some movie that fits into the main topic, like uh, zombies pandemic. So we, by the time it's recording, we would have already watched um, – um, it comes at night, which is a pan- more of a pandemic film than a zombie movie. And f- so then we're going to watch something that has to do with slashers um, to be announced. So look at our Facebook page for that. Something that has to do with vampires and then something that has to do with ghosts. So keep an eye out for that. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.